Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you live from the JK. I am back from my road trip. I am glad to be here once again on the Super Review Show. I am joined by my good man, Bill Murphy. Welcome. Welcome back, JT. Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. It is good to be back. And I just want to say, as you can see, we didn't get your channel shut down last week. Oh, God. Don't, don't even. I had nightmares about that in the middle of Nashville. Like, God damn it. They're going to ruin everything. Well, well, you still, okay. For those who didn't watch, last week, JT was on the road. So me and my dear friend, Justin, took over. And we, um, you can go watch it. We did the top 10 adult jokes we didn't get as kids. And we're like, you might get your channel shut down for this. But because we kind of had to be kind of clever while explaining the joke in case YouTube came after us. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but, um, and he goes, uh, and then Justin goes, just in case we're not clever enough. Sorry, JT. Oh, my God. Literally, I, I got scared. You know what stuff. happens when you leave us in charge? I, I can't believe I left you in charge to begin with. I was like, oh, God, how are they going to hatch it? Nah, don't, don't, don't do mixed bag next week. You guys, you guys will be fine. They're like, no, we got this. I'm like, all right, fine. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> and then, and then, but hey, the channel's still alive, and we did get arrested. So it worked. Not too shabby. That's a W. That's a W for the win. Whoop whoop. So mission accomplished. Mission accomplished, everyone. So glad to be back here on the Super Review Show, doing mixed bag from the JK once again. Just wanted to uh, let you guys know what we're doing. So tonight's topic on mixed bag. Glad to be back, of course. Welcome back, myself, if you will, is Movies That Turn 30. Bill, what the hell are we talking about tonight? Well, I think the title's pretty self-explanatory, don't you think? I, I totally agree. Why, why don't you elaborate a little bit? <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about movies that basically came out in 1991. Yes. As today, as today, this is the as this is the year they turn 30. Crazy, and Bill is almost that old. <laughs> hey, hey. Watch it, buddy. I, I got three. I still, I I got three years left before I turn thirty. So I still got another three years. So you're doing fine, bud. You're doing fine. God, yeah. And this is my daily reminder that I'm three years away from thirty. Thank you, JT. Sorry, sorry, Bill. Hate to ruin it for you, but <laughs> yeah, because it's so funny. It's like once I turned twenty, I was counting down the days till I turned twenty-one, so I could have. Sodas, you know, sodas, <laughs> sodas, <laughs> sodas. In case there were children watching, um. Oh yeah. And then as soon as I after turn twenty one, I'm like, oh shit, I'm twenty one. And then I remember one of my buddies, hey, nine years till thirty. I'm like, shut up. And now it's anyways. <laughs> and now it's like every time there's something reminds me, I'm like, okay, and this is my daily reminder that I'm three years away from thirty. Crazy. Um, okay, so anyway. Um, Anyways, we're, we're, we're glad you're all here tonight. Seriously, uh, let's get right into it, shall we? And one of the first movie we talk about tonight that came out in 1991 is one of my favorite action films ever. Shall we Terminator. talk about Terminator Two? Judgment Day. Judgment Day. One of the best sequels ever made, in my opinion. This is like on the list of sequels that are just as if not better than the original. I actually agree with you. The first film is much more of a horror film than, than a sci-fi film, but this is definitely an action film for sure, you know? 
Yeah, this is like on that list of sequels that are just as, if not as good as the original, or that are just as, or, or that are just as, if not better than the original. Uh huh. Along with Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Um, um Godfather Two. Well, yeah. I there's there's a that list is small, but there's plenty on there for sure. So. The Dark Knight. Debatable. <laughs> but um. Anyway. Uh, anyways. But um, yeah, Arnold's back. Arnie's back as the Terminator. He's and I gotta say, Ar- Arnold coming back as another Terminator. What a great, like, I, I, I got a great concept of him just coming back as another Terminator, sent back to protect John Connor from another Terminator that's coming back to kill. What a great, great James Cameron directed like eight films in his whole career, and like seven of them have been great. <laughs> Let's be real, you know. So I don't absolutely, know. it's crazy. But like, this is definitely one of the, up, up there for me. Terminator Two, definitely up there for sure, as one of my favorite action films. And Matt Hemsley's in the chat board. Welcome. Matt Hemsley is in the chat board. Matt Hemsley, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Hopefully all is well. I hope you hope you missed me while I was gone. <laughs> if not, it's okay, Matt. Just we're glad to have you back. Uh, easy, watching us. Easy here. Hemsley's here. Good stuff, good stuff. But yeah, Terminator Two, man, like what a great sequel. Uh, when when you think about some of the best sequels of all time, you probably think of, like, like we talked about a little bit, Godfather Two, uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan. Just ah! yes, a lot better than Star Trek the Motion Picture. <laughs> so, um, and remember, um, yeah. But I know this is from, I know this is from Terminator Three, not Terminator Two. Though we stopped Judgment Day. You only postponed it. Judgment Day is inevitable. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I was not a big fan of Terminator 3, to be honest with you. I did not like it. But that's me. But Terminator but, uh, 2 was yeah, fantastic. Terminator 2, best sequel. Happy 30 years to it. Happy 30 years, T2. Love to hear it. And uh, Everything from the, the CGI still holds up, to be honest with you. A lot of it does. Yeah. You know? Uh, Arnold, before he became the Gobernator. <laughs> Before he became the governor, <laughs> I am the governor. The governor of California. <laughs> I am the governor. Hasta la vista, baby. It's hard to believe it's. We're, 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 we have a ton of films to talk about tonight. I have a bunch actually. But, I have a few, but it might some might come up. But uh, T two man, like obviously the first one we had to talk about tonight, which was T two. Bill, what is your next pick for movies that turn thirty? Okay. Um. I have to say this here, and I can't believe this movie is 30 this year. Um, this goes out to all the Diz nerds. The Diz nerds. Here we go. Beauty and the Beast. Correct. I looked this up. To, I'm doing my research tonight. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast turns 30 this year. Crazy. It, it doesn't... That one... Man... It doesn't even look like it came out. And it came out. It looks like it came out like the like the late nineties. But the fact that it's ninety one, my God, think about that. And and you know what? Now I know you're all thinking. Wait a minute, that's a kids movie. Why are you talking about this? Yeah, right. Well, a few things you should know. This was the. This is not a kids. Well, it's a kids movie, but it's not just that. Like, this was one of the movies that put Disney back on the map. Absolutely. 
There's because, no denying you know, it. everyone knows from after Walt Disney's death in 1966, the studio's performance was kind of lackluster at best. Yeah. And then, um, and then this was in the midst of what they call the Disney Renaissance. Correct. Which was, um, Okay, but the one that really started the Disney Renaissance was The Little Mermaid, but I would think this was the one that really, I think Little Mermaid was the one that started the Renaissance, but I think Beauty and the Beast was the one that made the stamp, you know what I mean? I agree with that, I do. Because it's a, because, and like, here's the thing, um, a few fun facts here. Um, this was the first animated film that was nominated for Best Picture. Really? It's still lost to a movie I'm sure we're going to be talking about later. Oh, for sure. But, but, um, yeah, this was the first animated picture that was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and they actually thought, um, and also, this was the first film that was... Well, this was the one of the few films. It had three Oscar nominations for Best Original Song. Correct. Belle, Beauty and the Beast, and Be Our Guest. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast won for Best Oscar nomination. Um, after that, um, the only ones to repeat that feature after that were The Lion King and the movie Enchanted. But after so after that, they just changed the um, requirements to um, what you call it, um, two. Mm, okay. That movies can only get nominated for two songs. Right. And um, also, this is um, and um, this is a little sad, but I think this is worth noticing. This was actually the um, this was actually the last film that um, Howard Ashman who was the co-songwriter with Alan Menken, um, who also they worked on, um, they also worked on Little Mermaid together and they started working on Aladdin together. Uh-huh. But um, what happened was is Beauty and the Beast wasn't, go- wasn't going anywhere and they called Menken and Ashman while they were working on Aladdin and said, hey, can you guys take care of us? And um, sadly passed, and sadly, um, Howard Ashman passed away before the finished product. Oh, that's unfortunate. He passed away from AIDS. And um, if you watch, I don't know if it's like directly at the end, but or before the end credits, they actually have a little tribute to him. They say to our dear friend Howard Ashman, who gave our, who gave the mermaid a voice and the beast a soul, we will be forever grateful. Mm. Um. But this is, but this is like, and like I said, Little Mermaid was the one that officially started the Disney Renaissance, but I think Beauty and the Beast perfected it because this was one of what I like to call the big four. Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and the Lion King, the big four of the Disney Renaissance. And I, I, I can't believe this movie is... 30 years old. I uh, neither can I, dude. 
And like, you know, just one more thing before we move on. Like, I remember um, when I was a kid, I would like avoid watching this at all costs. Like, that's a girl movie. Right. But I remember, I think it was on like Freeform or something. I'm like, wow, as, as I'm older now, like, this is a really good movie. Mm. This is really good. The animation, the music, it's just fantastic. Definitely one and of the classics. One of the classics. Okay, what's your next one, my friend? You might laugh at me. I will not laugh. But you might, though. Hot Shots. 1991 this movie i want to talk about this this movie okay i know we just went from like literally just like soft talk animated beauty and the beast this movie turns 30 holy cow all right so for those of you who don't know what i'm talking about this movie is a parody of top gun it's about it stars charlie sheen and uh actually charlie sheen and what's his face uh the the other guy from two and a half men um bill fact check with me the uh, the Charlie Sheen, and who's the other guy from Two and a Half Men? The actor. Hold on. Um, um, let me look it up. Yeah, okay. Bill's gonna look that up in a minute. But anyways, I just might say it on the poster actually. Uh, Charlie Sheen, and basically this movie. So this was before is, he went crazy. This is before all any of them went crazy. Yeah, this movie is hysterical because hear me out for a sec, right? This movie came out in 1991. It's a parody of Top Gun, which, you know, back in the day before spoof movies turned to shit, this movie was amazing. This was a great, fun, hysterical movie. Like, oh, it the just other became... guy, that's um, John Pryor. Oh, John Pryor. Thank you. So Charlie Sheen and John Pryor were both in this movie, and they were both in the second one, Hot Shots Part Two, as well. I love this movie so much, and here's why. Not because it's a parody of Top Gun, well, obviously because of that, but like, but because this is when parody movies were hysterical. This is when parody movies were actually good. We talked about this on the worst movies ever ever made podcast we did. Like this movie is a testament of how good spoof movies can be. And the fact that this movie turns 30 is crazy to me personally. But regardless, though, I'm very, very happy that I might rewatch it again later on this week or this year just to pay tribute to how fantastic the writing is. Literally, this movie is hysterical from start to finish. Like I said, it's a parody of Top Gun. And like Charlie Sheen plays like the Maverick type character, right? Um, Jim Abrams, the director of one of the writers of Airplane, directed it. Uh, it stars, uh, what's I forget the actor's name. Um, they, they, bottom line, though, if you haven't seen Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen, I recommend it highly. This is a hysterical film. Like literally, it's a direct ripoff of Top Gun. And the sequel, Hot Shots Part 2, is a sequel to Hot Shots, but it's a parody of Rambo. Came out, I think, in 1994 or 5. But like I said, Hot Shots, parody of Top Gun, highly recommend it if you have never seen it. It's hysterical. It's literally just about, like, basically, imagine Top Gun going horribly wrong. That's what this movie is. Try Like, like there's planes bumping into each other. They're parking in handicapped spots. If you go back and watch the trailer, just like just for like a little bit, just to get an idea of what it's about. Trust me, it's well worth it. But like this, like I'm telling you, this is a hysterical movie. I, well, the first time I saw it, I, I actually pissed my pants laughing. I was laughing that hard. Uh, I'm saying that on air. I don't care. But like it's, it was that good of a film. Uh, Bill, have you ever seen Hot Shots? 
I have never seen Hot Shots. So that's your homework for this week is to go watch Hot Shots because Hot Shots that is my homework. Is, it's a spoof movie that's actually good, <laughs> like back in the day. Um, I it's so funny. Like the love interest is funny. Uh, like the, the the whole like let's look at like some of these photos here. Like they're they're hysterical. Like they're just it, this is when this movie post right here where like he's upside down there's all these hot dogs and stuff flying around it's hysterical like i love this movie so much i've only seen it like twice but it, the impression that lasted with me was honestly hysterical i cannot emphasize how great hot shots is it's hysterical like this movie is honestly hysterical um, timeless, timeless humor too. It's not like it's dated humor. It's timeless humor. Bill, do you have any comments for uh, Hot Shots? I uh, know because, uh, like I said, I haven't seen it, but now I should give it a watch. Yeah, and like, you, I feel like you, you like if you like the kind of humor, like the slapstick comedy humor, you'll definitely like this humor. Uh, the writing and it's fantastic. Like there's a scene like um, where like they're, they're they're landing the the plane on the boat. On the, the the aircraft carrier, and then they parked it in the handicapped spot. On the it, it doesn't make sense, but it's just hysterical. You know what I mean? Um, they're roasting hot dogs on the like they're playing football and they jump off the boat by accident. It's it's a really funny movie. Like I I, I cannot emphasize this enough. If you ever you, you ever never even heard of Hot Shots, watch Hot Shots tonight, guys. It's a great hysterical moment. <sighs> hot Shots can't recommend enough. Bill, what's your next 1991 pick? Okay, before I go on, um, I just want to point out something Matt Hemsley said when I was talking about the um, Oscar-nominated songs. Dreamgirls also got nominated for three songs. Matt, thank you for pointing that out, my friend. Um, okay, the next one. Okay, this is kind of a weird one. I've only seen parts of it because it, it is a long-ass movie. What? It's, it's an Oliver Stone movie. It's called JFK. Oh, good one. Good one. It's basically about after Kevin Costner's in it. Um, yep. It's about Great after acting. the events of the Kennedy assassination. And then, like, the years it goes on about, like, all the conspiracies about who killed Kennedy, who also killed Lee Harvey Oswald, the man who allegedly killed Kennedy. And like I said, I've only seen parts of it, but I heard this movie is like three and a half hours long. And yeah. I think it's kind of interesting, like how it gives um, life to all the, um, whatchamacallit, how it gives life to all the um, conspiracies that have been going on with, um, with the Kennedy assassination for the last God knows how long. Yeah. So have you seen it? I ha I've seen chunks. I've seen chunks of it. I, d I do think it's, like a said, great it's a long movie. It is. It's a very long. I think it's great, but I haven't seen it the whole way through. I've only seen bits and chunks of it because it is a fantastic movie. It's just like it's kind of long. Like what's the, what's the runtime of it? What'd you say here? Uh, it's uh runtime. Hold on. I don't know. I I I, I, I do I do I do like the movie. Um, but I, I, I like I said, it's, it's just so long. It's three hours and thirty minutes. So that's yeah, a pretty, it's, yeah. It's it, it would actually be three hours and twenty eight minutes. You know how long the director's cut is? Oh God, don't tell me. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, it is 
three hours and 46 minutes. Good God. Yeah, the, the people understand how long those movies are. Like the people, the, the, it's a long movie to begin with, but to make it longer. <laughs> hey, you, hey, JT. Um, um, what you would call it? Movie commentary on the director's cut of JFK? Hell no. <laughs> Who wants to see that? Oh, God, please, no, please. Who wants to see a director's cut of the... Who wants to see a commentary of the director's cut of JFK? Oh, my God. All three hours and 46 minutes of it. You might have me fall asleep on that movie commentary, Bill. I'll tell you the truth. Why do you say that? I mean, like, it's just, it's so long. <laughs> you know? Matt Hensley, you want to do it with me? Um, Matt Hensley, you want to do a... Director's Cut JFK movie commentary with me. JFK Director's Cut movie commentary coming your way soon. I don't. It may just be me and Matt Hemsley. JT may run out of his basement somewhere. I may run out of the JK and start crying like, no. Um, I haven't sat here for nearly four hours with Bill and Matt. Yeah, right. Uh, Talk about JFK and watch this. Four hour. Mm, it is a great I'm movie. It's, just, it's a great movie. It's just so long, though. You know what I mean? So. Well, that's Oliver Stone for you, I guess. It's just you know. Yeah, Oliver Stone. That's true. Oh, Oliver Stone. He goes on forever. He does. <laughs> All right. Is it my turn yet? Yeah, it is your turn. People forget how old this movie is, but I just I I. By the way, we're letting you guys know we're bringing this tonight. We're just we're just looking stuff up. Home Alone. If I'm not mistaken, it came out in '91. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I actually saw that on the list. I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that, but um, yeah, we can talk about it together. Sure. So, Home Alone. I mean, it's a classic Christmas film. Some people watch it during the summertime. I'm not sure why, but um, but it is it is a pretty good Christmas movie. I mean, it, it says 1990, but for some reason it says 1991 here. Not sure what's going on. So we'll just way, take it as so so we have so we have it. We'll take it as a uh, I uh. 1991 film because it literally it, it, it's timeless at the same time. So, anyways, with Bill Home Alone, what do you got? What do you think? I think this is a Christmas classic. I definitely agree. It's Joe Pesci's only Oscar, right? No, it was those Goodfellas. Sorry. Yeah, Joe Pesci won an Oscar for Goodfellas. I thought it was this one. That was my bad. And that, that, that this became one of the worst franchises ever. Home Alone Two is good, but Home yeah, Alone Home Three Alone Two I actually like. But Home Alone Three, Four. Five? Anyone? <laughs> no, the Home Alone, I'll tell you this, Home Alone too. you know what the best part of that is? What? Tim Curry. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Great yeah, one. Home Alone 1. It's just, the slapstick is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's great. Slapstick is absolutely funny. Um, just watching, the, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, um, Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay Culkin, is basically left home by his parents by mistake. And he's basically, you know, he's home by himself. He's, and two burglars are trying to rob, and he sets all the booby traps. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It's just so much fun to watch. It's what a typical kid would do in that scenario. And like, I don't know how true this is, but I heard when this movie came out, it didn't really do well with critics. 
I've heard the same thing. I've heard the same thing, actually. I got to double check here because I believe in fact check. All right, you fact check that. Any other any other things for Home Alone before you fact check that or no? Um, any th- other things you have? Other than that, it's a very good Christmas movie. It's on all the time, and I think it's every time around Christmas you will find it. Yeah, you'll find it on every single TV station. Um, but yeah, we're looking I, at you. Um, we're looking at you, Freeform. Yeah, Freeform. Twenty five days of Christmas. Yeah, Coming we're looking at, at you. you. We know it's only July, but. Yeah, we're we're already counting down the days till we have to regret turning to your channel. <laughs> yeah, but um, it has a sixty-seven percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Variety magazine praised the film for its cast. The Washington Post praised it for its comedic approach. Not bad. Um. Yeah, it's kind of um, what you call it. Um, I would say mixed reactions. At the time, yeah, it's still a classic, but yeah, definitely. Oh, this is actually here's something interesting. What? The film has actually been accused of plagiarism. Oh, for real? Yeah, the uh, there's a film that was released a year before it called Three Six One Five Code Care Noel which is actually about a young boy who is home alone with his elderly grandfather and has to fend off a home invader dressed up as Santa Claus. Oh, wow. And it's never been released in the United States. Um, They actually... They actually... um, The film actually... Here's an interesting thing. um, Rene Manzor who was the director of that film, actually threatened to sue the producers of Home Alone. Oh, for real? On the grounds of plagiarism. Wow, crazy. I'm just finding this out now, folks. And here's the... And I'm guessing the the case was dismissed because um, the film was actually not released in the U.S. during its original theatrical run, and it didn't become widely available that until 2018. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. The more you yes, know. But this has been another exciting episode. Do tell. This has been another exciting episode of Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Oh, yeah. This has been Random Facts with Bill. Nice. I just actually read that. So. It's good to have Random Facts with Bill back. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other ideas for Home Alone before we move on? No, I'm good. You? I have another pick, actually, if you don't mind. I do not uh, mind at all. Star Trek VI. Uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. The Undiscovered this movie, okay, hear me out. A lot of you are saying, like, well, what are you talking about? Like, Star Trek Six is like, blah, blah. No, no. This one was the same director as um, Nicholas. The guy whose name is Nicholas Meyer. He directed Star Trek Two, But actually, it's funny. I can't believe that this is the last movie with the original crew of, from the 60s in movie form. Um, it was the last adventure with the original crew. Um, before they moved on to the next generation cast in movies. And I thought it was a great 
a big step up from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, which was a horrible movie. For any Trekkie that wants to talk to me about that, that movie was awful. Star Trek V, God help yourself, okay? They're like They go searching for God. Like, let's be real. And William Shatner directed that one. Like, holy crap. That one They're searching so, for God. I'm not, don't, listen. Well, I recommend watching all the Star Trek films to see which ones you like. But Star Trek V is legendarily bad. Like, legendary bad. We're not insulting anyone's religious beliefs, but. No, but like, Star Trek. just kind of sounds silly. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. It was awful. But Star Trek IV was so good. Star Trek IV, the, 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 um, the Voyage Home was great. Star Trek V was stupid, <laughs> stupid film, stupid. Then they could, then they, they, they say, Paramount says, let's get the guy who wrote, um, let's get the guy who wrote uh, and wrote and directed uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, great movie, and direct Star Trek VI, and he did Star Trek VI, excellent. I actually really like this movie quite a bit. Uh, this guy just died too. I forget the actor's name off the top of my head, but he just died not too long ago. Um, I forget the actor's name. I'm not a big Trek guy, so I've never really seen these movies. So, well, get on it. <laughs> get on it. It's like the, 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 it's so great. Like Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. It's really great. I recommend you watch it. Um, but like, yes, this is the final movie with the with the original crew before they, you know, Captain Kirk retires and stuff like that. Um, it was a great ending to a great part of the Star Trek franchise. I really loved it quite a bit. Uh, Bill, do you have any comments or anything for Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country? Like I said, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say anything. Okay, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the Klingons are running out of, like, life, and, like, the, it's just, it's a, it's a really, really, really good Star Trek movie. Um, if you want to, like, get, get into, like, Star Trek, I recommend watching Star Trek 2, 4, and 6 compared to 1, 3, and 5, if that makes you feel any better. Do not Star watch Trek- 1, 3, and 5. You know, you could watch them, but Star Trek One is like just a slow, slow movie. Like it's literally like two hours long, two and a half hours long, but it's like it, the pace in the movie is so slow. It literally, it would have been amazing if it was ninety minutes, but instead they made it, like Star Trek the motion picture. We'll talk about this more when we get to, when we get to Star Trek in a couple of weeks. But like I'm telling you right now, Star Trek One is slow. Star Trek Three is good, it's decent. Star Trek Five, a joke. And Star Trek two, th- two, four, and six are great, though. You know, <laughs> like who would have thought? Are they on a mission from God, like the Blues <laughs> Brothers? We're on a mission from God. That's a great movie too. Uh, unfortunately, no. Um, but like I said, they this is a Star Trek two, four, and six are great. One, three, and five are okay. You know, one is not great at all. It's off. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Uh, but Star Trek three is it's good. Star Trek five is really bad. <laughs> Like literally, I gotta say this on a quick side note, everyone. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan ends with with spoilers, Spock dying, right? And they send him off into space. What's the next title for the next movie? Star Trek Three: The, the Search for Spock. He's alive. Like they spoiled the whole thing, you know. So you haven't seen it, but like that's what I mean. So I don't know. It's crazy. Maybe you gotta think but... his fans got so angry they probably like, oh, we gotta bring him back now. Yeah, that that might have that probably was it. So, anyways, Star Trek Six, great movie, with the last movie with the original crew. God bless. It's it teaches you certain things about life. I I, I really do appreciate it. It was one of my favorite Star Trek movies. Um, Bill, what's your next pick for movies that came out in 1991 that turned 30 this year? Fuck. Ah, I see. 
I know you please elaborate. <laughs> okay. Hook, I haven't watched it in a while, but Hook is about um is basically if Peter Pan grew up. Correct. It's basically that he's moved out into the real world, he's married, has a family, and and then um you know, like there's like a bunch of different things behind it. Like one of the things is that he's a workaholic, doesn't spend enough time with his son. And when he's going back to what should we call it? When he's going back to when he's going to some I think some hospital that they're dedicating like a hospital to him or something. Uh-huh. And like the and he's like talking to like his old nanny or something. He goes, Don't you remember like being in Neverland or anything? I was no, I don't remember. And then he goes and then he goes back to Neverland and and Captain Hook played by Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. kidnaps kidnaps Peter Pan's son. Oh, wow. And then, and then they, and, and then like he's got, and then he's like reconnecting with the Lost Boys and he's trying to basically get back with his inner child and try to fight Hook. And what I think is interesting about this film, like I said, I haven't watched it in a while, is that Hook actually tries to manipulate Pan's son. Really? He tries to manipulate Peter Pan's son saying, he missed your baseball game. Do you really love him? And, you know, there's a scene when they're playing baseball, which I actually think is pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. I just really love the concept of it is what if Peter Pan grew up? Yeah. What if Peter Pan did grow up? And plus, someone like me who, when I was young, the Disney Peter Pan was like my favorite Disney movie when I was a kid. No joke, the Disney Peter Pan movie was like my favorite Disney movie. Um, really? Yeah, this has been Confessions with Bill. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is like the, and you know, Robin Williams, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just such a fun film. And I think like when any of them try to do Pan sequels, Peter Pan sequels or prequels, this is pretty much the only one that does it right. From what I heard, Return to Neverland wasn't that, that bad. But this is like one of the only few Peter Pan sequels that actually does it right because it takes an interesting concept. Because when we think of Peter Pan, we think of, you know, the boy who never grew up. We think of the boy who never grew up. And, and you know, it asks the question, what if he did grow up? Right. And, you know, he does face, you know, those adult problems, like having to, you know, work in, supporting his family working, supporting his family, all that fun stuff. Right. 
And, you know, it is pretty interesting of how they, of how they go about it and they portray it in like basically a mature manner, basically. Mm. Definitely. It is, I would say it's, um, yeah. Have you watched it, JT? Or I have not. I may have seen it once, but that's, I may have seen it once. That's the best that I got. You've never seen Hook? I don't think I have actually now. Now, now, now that I think about it now. Guess what's coming? Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Game! Oh, boy. Here we Game! go. Game! But, um, yeah, I think it's a classic, and I think it's just such a fun movie. All right. I have to watch it. <laughs> Now you have to watch it. Yeah. All right. What's your next one, my friend? Here we go. My next pick is another spoof movie, but it's actually my favorite of the three films that they did of it. Naked Gun two and a two and a half. The smell of fear. This movie is hysterical. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, this movie is the second Naked Gun film in the franchise. Um, the first Naked Gun I thought was a fantastic, fantastic spoof movie. C- kind of a comedy at the same time, but mainly a spoof movie of cop films. This one I thought actually was a little bit better than the first one, to be honest with you. I really did. And Naked Gun 2.5, The Smell of Fear. There's One of my favorite movie quotes of all time, Bill. One of my favorite movie quotes of all time comes from this movie. You want to know what it is? What is it? So to put you, put you guys in a little bit of a scenario, um, the um, the Leslie Nielsen's character, bring rest in peace. He was an astonishing actor. Um, he, his character, uh, Drebin, uh, Lieutenant Drebin, uh, Frank is like he's he's in front of um, Robert Goulet, who's the bad guy. And he's like, and he's like, listen, he's like. He's like he said to basically to put this the the scene in scenario the context of the scene, you know he's about to like confront him about like doing something and he says the most hysterical line. He says, "The truth hurts, doesn't it, Habsburg? Oh sure, maybe not as much as jumping on a bicycle with a seat missing, but it hurts." Classic, classic line. One of my favorite lines in any film in cinema history. It's so funny. It's just a little bit, a little bit better than the first one, in my opinion. The third one, I think, is great too. The, the third, the third one, they did thirty-three and a third. The final insult, that was great too. But this one was a lot of fun, and everything from like, like obviously, like Priscilla Presley's Jane comes back, and like, <laughs> if you haven't seen any of the Naked Gun films, get on it like tonight. It's uh, they are so funny, so so stupidly. They're not stupid, but they're smart comedies, and I do recommend you guys see them. But like I said, this this one in particular, the Naked Gun two and a half turned thirty this year. I cannot believe that, Bill. Thirty, Bill. Thirty. Naked Gun two yeah. and a half. The smell of fear. The smell of fear. The smell of fear. Can you believe it's, those movies? Are, can you believe any of these movies we're talking about are thirty years old? It's hard to believe, my dude. It's like it's just it, and like he's in Washington D.C. He's trying to like. It's honestly the trilogy itself is pretty good. Like it's actually a very funny trilogy. I mean, is it a great trilogy overall? I'd say so. But like, is it like ranked among the top five trilogies of all time? No, 
but it's up there for sure. I, I think all three of these films are great. Um, but this one's definitely stuck out in my head because it turns 30 this year. Uh, Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear. Give me the strongest thing you got. And if the guy walks out like extremely buff. It's the strongest thing he's got. But I'm being, you know, it's, you have to watch these movies. They're well worth it. Well worth your time. Well worth your energy. And I recommend all of them, all three of them, the Naked Gun films. They're hysterical. All three of the Naked Gun movies? All three of them. Watch from the first one, second one, and third one. They're so funny. I recommend them. Okay, I'll get. I'll jump on that. Jump on it. Jump you, on it. If if you like satire comedies and stuff like that, and just hysterical films, like it's just hysterical, like funny, funny movies. Like they, these are hysterical movies. I recommend them seriously. Like and like if you watch them more than once in like a year, the thing is they they don't have good rewatchability in my opinion. You have to watch them like over the course of like a year or two, because like the scenes will hold up better if you wait a long time between the movies. But that's just me. Um, anyways, Naked Gun two and a half. The smell of fear is turns thirty this year. Bill, what's your next pick? Uh, oh, 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 yes. Okay. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do to you. Oh no. You're scared, aren't you? Bill, we're live on the internet. What else is gonna happen? <laughs> okay. Since you uh, hot shot me with a movie I never heard of. Okay. I'm going to give you a movie you probably never heard of. Do tell. It's called The Commitments. The Commitments. From 1991? From 1991. I have never heard of this movie. We swiped right. (laughs) Okay. You've never heard of this movie, and I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of it. But, um... No. Unfortunately, I have not. This is a um this was actually directed by Alan Parker, the same guy who did Pink Floyd's The Wall. Okay. Um it is about a um it's actually based on a book. It's about a young man who wants to start a in Ireland who wants to start a soul band. Okay. And he gets all these guys and he gets all these guys together who have never heard soul music in their lives. Really? And he's, and it is just so, it's just so much fun to watch. Um, yeah, cause you have all these guys from Ireland who never even heard of this type of music and it's very Americanized. Right. And the band is just, they're just a bunch of rad tags, but they are absolutely hilarious. Uh-huh. And the music, the music is really, really good. This is actually a real band, by the way. Oh, for real? Yeah, they're, they're, they're still playing. Oh, that's hysterical. Really? And, like, they do, like, a lot of covers of, like, Wilson Pickett and, like, Marvin Gaye and, like, um, and, like, um, whatchamacallit, um, and other souls artist and other soul artists. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is like when he's trying to put the band together. Yeah. He's like holding auditions. Okay, two scenes. There's a um his father who is obsessed with Elvis. Uh-huh. And he goes, Dad, Elvis isn't soul. And then and then like these guys are like more Cajun artists and they're playing like this Elvis song, and his father goes, 
that's insulting. Oh, this was an occasion. And, <laughs> and then one of my favorites, he's, he's talking to this one kid. He's going, so uh, what instrument do you play? Uh, so what do you play? Go, well, back in school, I played football. Go, well, what instrument do you play? He goes, oh, I don't play an instrument. Goes, what are you doing here? Goes, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, I saw everybody lined up. I thought you guys were selling drugs or something. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's hysterical. And I am. And it is absolutely. It is absolutely hilarious. And throughout the film, I think his name is Jimmy, the main character. He keeps like interviewing himself. And there's like throughout. And there's I'm not going to like give away the ending, but it kind of like scratch makes your head scratch a little bit like. Was, did all this happen or was he just imagining it? Right. But I highly recommend this movie. It is just such a good time. The music is fantastic. It's really funny. And there was actually, oh, there's actually another scene I got to tell you. There was this one guy, he goes to confession because Ireland, it's Catholic. And he's like, yeah, bless me, Father, if I have sinned. It's been a while since my last, it's been like two weeks since my last confession. Like, tell me your sins, my son. And he goes, it's the soul band. It's poisoning me. Like when I used to, <laughs> when I used to um, clean the hip, the, the pipe organs, I used to whistle hymns. And now I'm whistling When a Man Loves a Woman by Marvin Gaye. And then the priest goes, Percy Sledge. Wait, what? It was um, Percy Sledge who sang When a Man, the priest goes, it was Percy Sledge who sang When a Man Loves a Woman, not Marvin Gaye. <laughs> and this scene, it's like their first performance. They're saying, we'll do it. You can do it on one condition. It has to be a fundraiser for heroin awareness. Oh, my God. And they're like, okay, here's our sign. Let's flag. That's funny. And, yeah, it's that scene right there. But, yeah, like I said, they're still a real band. If you want to go check them out. Wow. Wow. Let's go check these guys out. Crazy. Like, they are just a bunch of fun. Hmm. Maybe my St. Patrick's Day review for next year. Wait and see. Wait and see on Movie Holics Productions. Check them out. No, when I do reviews on here. But anyway, um, I'm. That's true, yeah. But yeah, um, again, the commitment, highly recommend it. Give it a watch. I know it's a lesser known film, but it is so much fun. Good music, good characters. It's a good time. Awesome. Let's hear the next one. What do you say, buddy? Do you have any others you want to off the top of your head or no? Not at the moment. It's your turn. It's my turn. Um... Okay, about 1990. Never mind. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. <laughs> I, that, that's really all I wanted to talk about. What, Flatliners? No, the movies we're talking about. But Flatliners came out in 1990. So it's, technically, it's over 30, but... It's 31. Happy it's 31st birthday, Flatliners. I, I haven't seen it. I, I, I didn't see the remake either, but I was like, you know, that's okay. Is that Flatliners you're watching? Yeah, I don't know. Let's, I mean, let's. I, I really can't think of any more off the top of my head. Let me think. I think I know that's one that's on your mind. What? A certain movie that stars Mr. Hopkins. 
Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, I, I, I thought you were already thinking of that. No, I wasn't. I, I completely forgot about Silence of the Lambs, my guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of something. I was thinking, of, well, I, I'll do it as my next pick. But like, Silence of the Lambs, man. Great. Me, do the lambs stop screaming? Great movie. Fantastic film, honestly. They're making a TV show called Clarice, I think. I think it's like second season or whatever now. Yeah, is it like a prequel or a sequel to Silence of the Lambs? A pre- I think it's a sequel. I'm not sure. I have to check. But this is a great movie. Oh, my God. What a fantastic film. Jodie Foster did a great job. So Anthony Hopkins. Who just won his second Oscar. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is a great movie. This is a fantastic movie. I actually, I actually forget how good this movie is. Uh, from time to time, like I, it, it, it often lingers in the back of my mind. Like, what other movies came out in the nineties that were really good? Silence of the Lambs, man. And when, like, didn't it win Best Picture? Yeah, it did. That that's the movie that actually beat Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and it it did pretty well at the box office too. And th- th- isn't there a franchise of it too, or whatever? Like, isn't it like yeah, a- there's a couple ones. Um, yeah. Before we get to that, though, it is actually one of the um, it is one of the only it is one of the only three films. It's the third and final film to win all in the big categories: best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, and best adapted screenplay. The other two being It Happened One Night in 1934 and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1975. Correct. It was when, when, we, were, when we reviewed Cuckoo's Nest, I remember we talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a franchise. In 2001, there was a sequel called Hannibal. Mm, right. And then there was a prequel called Red Dragon and Hannibal Rising. Hmm. Okay. And I didn't. I didn't really get into. It. I know. I know. There's a TV show too at one point called Hannibal on NBC. I remember that. Yeah, and um, you want to know something? Um, a lot of the people who were in this, um, they were actually a lot of second and third choices too. Of actors or or no? Of actors. Really, I didn't like. Know. For I instance, that. for Hannibal Lecter, the first choice was actually Sean Connery. Oh, wow. That would have been something. And Connery turned it down. The other actors who were being considered were Al Pacino. And oh. I don't think that would have been good. Well, Connery, maybe. Sean Connery, maybe. He could have. Robert De Niro. Really? Dustin Hoffman. I could see that. I actually can't. You can't? Okay. Derek Jacoby. I don't know who that is. And Daniel Day-Lewis. Wow, I can actually see. I can see Daniel Day Lewis as Hannibal Lecter. Interesting. Um, the um, those who were actually considered for those who were actually those who were actually considered for um, Clarice was actually. Yeah, um, what's her face? Jodie Foster was actually like their fourth choice. That's insane. Like the first choice was Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. And she turned it down. The second choice was Meg Meg Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. And 
And then um, and then the next choice, yeah, Meg Ryan actually turned it down because she thought it was too gruesome. Mm-hmm. And Michelle Pfeiffer said she got nervous about the subject matter. Right. And then Laura Dern turned it down, too. Yeah, well, no, I think the studio turned it down. I think the studio turned Laura Dern down because they right. didn't think she was a bankable choice. So mm. they settled on Jodie Foster. Gotcha. Okay. So the original ones were supposed to be was supposed to be Michelle Pfeiffer and Sean Connery. That's crazy, dude. Ooh, and this gives me an idea for a future episode. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off camera. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. So anyway, yeah, Silence of the Lambs was actually built of second, third, and fourth choices. That's insane, dude. So. Yeah, and it had a lot of criticism from the LGBT community because Buffalo Bill is gay or supposed to be gay. I don't know. Right. So. Um, yeah, I forget. Yeah. Tell me, JT, do the lambs stop screaming? <laughs> do they? I forget. <laughs> Um, and also, it, I'd love to stay and chat, but I'm having a friend for dinner. Yeah. He's just so... What I find about Hannibal Lecter, he's just so menacing. Like, he doesn't need to yell and scream. He's just so calm and menacing. Right. Like, when he's on the screen, you know he's the epitome of evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't stop screaming. <laughs> Anything else for um, Sounds of the Lambs, my guy? No, I think I'm good. You? I'm good, too. There's one more I, I, I had on the tip of my tongue. I forget, I forget what it was. Uh, oh, um, you, uh, oh, yeah. We, 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 I got one more for us to talk about, and then we can, we can wrap if you want. Uh, and I, you can talk more about this one than I can. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, is that ninety one? Or is it is it ninety? Hold on, let's check. It came out in nineteen ninety, but December of nineteen ninety. So technically, carried over. Do you want to talk about you it? Know what? Okay. We can still talk about it. We'll talk about it. Go ahead. We're cheating here, but we technically talked about um. We're secretly it? we're secretly cheating here because Edward Scissorhands came out in nineteen ninety, but we talked about this a little bit last time too, but. Um, Bill, why don't you go off on Edward Scissorhands for a little bit? Edward Scissorhands, I'll be honest, this is actually my favorite Tim Burton movie. Oh, nice. I love this movie to death. For those of you who haven't seen it, Edward is a man who's invented by an inventor. Uh-huh. Played by Vincent Price, who, fun fact, this was actually his last film role. Oh, really? Okay. Before he passed away. Interesting. He's only in it more. He was supposed to be in it more, but um, he yeah. wasn't in the best health at the time. Like, I think he passed away, I don't know, like two years later. Right. But he was not in the best of health at the time, and he had to restrict his scheduling. Hmm. And also another one before we go back, another fun fact about Vincent Price and Tim Burton is 
He was actually supposed to be the voice of Santa Claus in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, get out, really? Yeah, here's what happened, though. While while he was reading, because around this time, um, Nightmare started production around 91, 92, got released in 93. Again, he wasn't in the best of health, and um, this was also a very um, bad time for Vincent Price. His wife passed away, and... Um, his voice during the recording just sounded very weak because, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't healthy. He was also very depressed about his wife, but dying. So they scrapped him. But um, getting back to Edward Scissorhands. So Vincent, so the inventor dies before he's supposed to put the hands on. And then Edward is left alone until Diane Weist's character comes up and takes him in comes up and takes him in and he becomes part of the family and he like does the lawn sculptures and it is just really such a good movie. It really is. It really is. I really love this movie. And and what I loved about it was the um and I really love Edward. He's just so likable. And and you know, and what I really love is the ending because throughout the movie, he has a thing. I, we explained this before. He has a thing for Wynoa Ryder's character, and the movie is being told through Wynoa Ryder's character's perspective. She's telling the story to her granddaughter. Correct. And she goes, Have you seen him? Going, I haven't seen him since then, but he still lives up there because he's immortal and he'll live forever. Mm-hmm. And going, But, um, don't you want to see him, Grandma? I don't. He goes, why? I want him to remember me as I was, young and beautiful. But I know he's still up there. And he goes, why? And then he goes, and then she goes, it never snowed before he came here. And now it snows. Oh, wow. And then he, and then there's like a flashback to the ice sculpture scene when he's doing the ice sculpture. Yeah. And then you hear the choir, the, oh. Just such a good ending. Just such a good movie. And also, I got a funny personal story. And Matt Hemsley has heard the story like ten thousand times. But what's ten thousand and one, right, Matt? Um, when I was a kid, when I was young, you know, back in the olden days when we rode dinosaurs to school. Um, um, I, I think it was about six or seven. My neighbor babysat me uh-huh and we watched edward scissorhands and it scared the ever-loving shit out of me <laughs> i'm sure it did and it traumatized me oh god and like years later i think it was the summer between my um it was the summer between my my junior and senior year of high school yeah um sorry about when when she sent us a thank you card, she put in the story about the Edward Scissorhands drama. I could hold that over her head, but I'm not going to. Yeah, that is okay. Yeah, we are kind of cheating. It came out in December of 1990, so technically a 1991 movie. Technicality. Yeah, technicality. Isn't it great? Love it. Yeah, we're kind of cheating here, but we don't care. But, uh, I thought yeah, it came out in 91, though. 
Okay, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I kind of monopolized the conversation. What are your thoughts on Edward? I like the movie. I mean, I, I saw it once or twice. I thought it was really good, actually. Um, and I got to say, like, it's... Um, It, it 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 it's a it's a weird movie, but it's 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 got its heart. It's got a lot of heart to it. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, actually, didn't make a lot of money at the box office. Made it made eight eighty six million on a budget of twenty. That's not that big. Um, but regardless, though, it has lived on through cult followings and stuff like that. And obviously, like, I, I actually cool. watched the thing about a what you call it, Tim Burton, when they were t- what reading it when they were doing this. Yeah. Tim Burton said he was actually so nervous at the premiere, he actually ran to the bathroom to throw up. Oh, my God. For real? Oh, look. Scroll up a little bit. It's interesting of who they were considering. They were considering Jim Carrey. He would have fit. I don't think he would have fit Jim Carrey. You don't think so? Tom Hanks and Gary Oldman. Wow. Oh, that's weird. They favored John Cusack as well? could have worked William Hurt Robert Downey Jr. Wow I don't think so this is a strange one Michael Jackson I mean as an actor he might have because you know Michael Jackson with you know a story about someone who's misunderstood and maybe that could have worked could have that could have worked, um, you know, about maybe Michael kind of, maybe Michael. Um... Oh, Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys was considered for Kevin. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, that would have been weird. Wow. Okay. You know, it's really strange that you consider all these alternative castings. And, and see what could have happened, you know? Yeah, that would have been really interesting. Definitely. But it's really... Yeah, but I really love Edward Scissorhands. It's a great film. Yeah. I think we touched upon everything in... 91? Yeah, you think we did? I think think we hit the big ones, yeah. I think we, we definitely hit the big ones. The ones that only people care about. The ones that people remember and care about the most. So that's what I think. But ultimately, guys, it's what you guys think. What if, if is there a movie that came out in 1991 that you do you you that you thinking, oh my god, they didn't mention it? Sound off in the comments section below. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Please share all your thoughts on this and subscribe to the to the studio channel. We do this every Wednesday um around six o'clock EST. Um and next week we might, depending on what our our circumstances are, we might we'll figure might that out. Be here. We might we but we may or may not be here, but we'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you guys know about that when the time comes. I want to thank the good man Bill Murphy for joining me again. It's good to be back, Bill. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Yes, and I gotta say, I'm being on the road for ten days. You spend a lot of money and you have a lot of fun. So oh, no, not not that kind of fun. You know what I mean, <laughs> Molly. Uh, I was just joking. If you're watching, oh my god, Molly, we love you. You're amazing. Uh, so, anyways, she's a nice thanks. girl. She really is. Um, she's the best. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for watching. And Bill, wait, wait, did you plug your podcast last week? I did. And I'm gonna do it again. Oh my god! Sports and Sports Insanity podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Check us out. We are on all platforms. We are awesome. And go to and check out our website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. He does it every week, folks. 
every and you week. let me get away with it so uh this is kind of on you at this point i'm like you know what let him do it it's fine but um, oh, listen to my podcast it's awesome and and if, if you like what you heard here subscribe to us as a podcast as well i take this show and i make it a podcast every single week for you guys to listen on, on wherever you are on the go and thank you to all of our listeners all across the globe you guys are amazing keep going we're gonna have more content for you coming in the next couple months so definitely stay tuned for that but for uh, yeah for all of your uh mixed bag show keep it locked in the super show guys we'll see you guys next time we'll see you later have a good one have a good one guys stay safe and be awesome